Well, hello once again, and welcome to The Kitchen Table. You have found the podcast, Fika with Arctic Eric. Fika, that freedom in Christ Jesus always. The freedom to know him, the freedom to hear him, the freedom to follow him, and the freedom to share him with others. Listen, I know that you have many other things you could be doing these few minutes in your day, so I want to thank you for joining me here at the kitchen table. This is part five on a series I'm doing on the subject, the topic, deliverance. And this part five, we're going to look at possessed or demonized. So I hope that uh, you've had an opportunity to listen to the first four parts as this is part number five and we're going to continue this series for a number of weeks. Again, thanks for being here with me at the kitchen table. So the question is, in the very beginning of this about possessed or demonized, the question comes up often, can a Christian, a believer, be demon-possessed? Now, If you do reading on this, you're going to discover that Christian writers have taken both sides of the issue. But it appears that the disagreement in part comes from semantics. Now, this doesn't mean that one side or the other lacks substance in their argument, but the the real problem comes from the English translations of the Greek lemmas in passages describing demonized individuals. Let's remember that words like possess or possession, they denote, they indicate, they point to ownership. And a close reading of the New Testament should make it pretty clear that a member of the body of Christ cannot be owned by Satan or demons. The body of Christ, the church, has been obtained with the blood of Jesus Christ. The Spirit and Christ dwell within those who believe. Those who are in Christ, have a new identity as members of the family of God. Believers, that's you and I who trust in Christ alone. We have been delivered from the domain, from the powers of darkness, and transferred into a new kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Listen, you and I who are children of God, we're God's inheritance. So the idea that believers described can be owned by demonic powers, well, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Listen, we know that the word possession never appears in the Bible passages where Jesus or the apostles cast out spirits from an individual. Listen now, the expression demon-possessed or demon-possession does occur in some English translations of the Greek text, but there is never a Greek word for possession that stands behind it. Demon possession is always the translation, now listen, of a single Greek word. And the words for ownership or possession are absent in the original texts. The expression, he has a demon, does appear in the Gospels. But the opposite, the inverse, a demon has him, never occurs. 
So let's let's remember this, that there's no Greek word for possession or ownership that appears in the passages to clarify or define the activity described by demonization. It is in English semantics, but not the Greek lemma. And this has led to much controversy over whether Christians can be possessed by demons. So let's think, if, if the concept of ownership is not workable, it's not a workable understanding of the Greek lemma, how should it be translated and how should we understand it for terms of our discussion here at the kitchen table? Some translators have detected the problem caused by English semantics related to words like possessed, and they've chosen to render it such as tormented or troubled, i.e. tormented by demons or troubled by demons. Now, there's no doubt that these choices may help, but there are other Greek lemmas that have these meanings, so these choices would be interpretive it seems that the best alternative is to simply transliterate it, demonize. This choice, demonized, avoids misconceptions, and it also helps when it's related to theological inconsistencies that arise from English possession semantics. This discussion, of course, begs an obvious question. Does the New Testament help us understand how a Christian might be demonized while not being owned by Satan or an evil spirit or an unclean spirit? We might ask, can Christians come under a high degree of influence by a demonic or unclean spirit? Or is it possible for Christians to yield their bodies to a demonic or unclean spirit in the same way they yield to the power of sin? The answer to the question, no matter how you word it, is simply yes. On this, the New Testament is clear as several passages employ language that suggests Christians can fall under the influence of Satan and unclean evil spirits. Paul warned Timothy about certain teachers in this regard. Do you remember? In 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. That those who were departing from the faith indicates that those Paul had in view were professing believers. For sure, these false teachers did not see what they were doing as out of step with the faith. Paul linked this behavior with the latter days as the Spirit has revealed to the prophets. And in his second letter to Timothy, Paul's language is even more foreboding, instructing Timothy to gently correct such opponents so they may escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. The idea that believers could be captured by Satan and made servants to his will certainly fits the idea. It fits the notion of demonization. 
but it lacks the bizarre physical torment of the things, the episodes, the events that we see in the Gospels. Less dramatic, but equally dangerous in the New Testament are warnings about giving opportunity to the devil and habitual unrepentant sin. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. While the sinful impulse that gives rise to temptation resides in the flesh, the devil is nevertheless called the tempter. Yielding to temptation, listen now, yielding to temptation, acting upon temptation, will enslave the believer. And so such a lifestyle can be properly looked at, viewed as, construed as a kind of demonization. Aside from being enslaved to sin or enslaving us to sin or attempting to, Satan seeks to control believers by other means, whether mental, emotional, or physical. For example, the context for Peter's familiar portrayal of Satan as a devouring lion is persecution and suffering. We read in 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Paul's equally memorable statement that a messenger of Satan was given to him in the flesh also links suffering with demonization. The overarching point is that while Christians cannot be owned by Satan, that's right, if you're trusting in Christ alone, if you're a born-again child of God, a saint of God, a saint through the new birth, then Satan cannot own you. So the idea that derives from the unfortunate possession language is actually being demonized. And of course, demonization can take various forms, persecution, harassment, being captivated by false teaching, and enslavement to sin. You know, I'm thinking now about uh, Mark chapter 5, was looking at that yesterday with some folks, and, and we were looking that the demoniac, as he's called there in Mark chapter 5, that he, of his own free will, even though demons had greatly, greatly influenced him, affected him, had power over him, he still had his free will. And he was able to go to the Christ, recognizing that Christ was the answer for his dilemma. So whether we're an unbeliever, suffering from the attacks of the evil one, or whether we are a believer, the answer is always the same, that we come to Christ Jesus, who has been sent to this world to deliver us from the powers of darkness. 
and to translate us into the kingdom of the dear son and to transform us from the inside out. Well, more about that another time. Again, this this has been part five of the series on deliverance, Possessed or Demonized, here at the kitchen table with Artic Eric. Again, thank you for joining me here today. And I just want to pray quickly the best prayer that I know to pray, and that is that God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you, in you, and through you for others today. God bless you. Good day.